Hi, and welcome to the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, your host, and this is the podcast that gives you a peek into the lives of the homeschoolers next door. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, your host, and I am joined today by my very special guest host this season, Miss Colleen Kessler. Colleen, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Pam. How are you today? I am doing really well. You know, it's a Friday at my house today, and it's a Friday at your house, too. Yeah, I'm it's sure. a Friday here, too. <laughs> And Fridays are hard. They're hard to keep your mojo going for getting your homeschooling done. And so uh, you and I are talking in the morning and we we still have a little bit left to do here. So I think we're going to do like one of those special homeschool days where we don't do everything on the checklist, but we kind of go off plan and do some fun things instead. Call it a fun Friday. Do you ever do that? Yeah, actually, interestingly, Fridays are our easiest day this year because we are pulled in a lot of different directions during the week. So Fridays are just naturally our Friday fun days. They're kind of catch up in the morning to get to everything that we didn't get to during the week and sleep in a little bit. And then we play all afternoon. So I love Fridays. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love Fridays and I love fun Fridays. Yeah, Yeah, I'm much more apt to do the fun day on Friday. Okay, well, tell me a little bit about our special guest for today. Okay, today I was talking to my friend, Ori Good. Ori and I met a few years ago through homeschooling and blogging, and I just love her. I love her heart. She is a mom of two biological daughters, a son whom she gained through adoption. She fostered him from the time he was a newborn all the way to, I think he's, goodness, I think he just turned four. And then she's currently, her and her husband are currently fostering two babies, a sibling pair, and their adoption is going to be finalized on National Adoption Day as a featured adoption in her home state this November. So it's really, it was really interesting and exciting to talk to her and just learn a little bit more about foster care and the adoption process and then homeschooling your own children while dealing with the state and occupational therapy visits and sibling visits for the kids that you're fostering and you don't have, you know, the adoption hasn't been finalized yet for. So it was, we went a lot of different places and it was a really fascinating conversation. Oh, I think this is going to be a fun one, especially if, you know, well, first of all, anybody out there is just curious because this might be a route that they would like to go down one day. So I am so glad that you spoke with Ari and we'll get on with that podcast right after this word from our sponsor. This episode of the Homeschool Snapshots podcast is brought to you by Maestro Classics. Visit maestroclassics.com for free shipping on all CDs and MP3s which start at just $9.98. Order today and save 17% with coupon code PAM. Add classical music to your homeschool with Maestro Classic CDs, MP3s, and activity books. These nationally recognized recordings feature engaging storytellers with the London Philharmonic Orchestra. Choose from a dozen titles, including Carnival of the Animals, My Name is Handel, The Story of Water Music, and one of the Barnhill family favorites, Peter and the Wolf. Each CD and MP3 includes a 24-page activity book with illustrations, puzzles, games, and fun facts for the kids. At maestroclassics.com, you can download free printables and curriculum guides to supplement each recording. 
and combine classical music with other school subjects. All CDs and MP3s contain educational tracks which explain how the music was made, who the composer was, the history and story behind the music, the instruments used by the orchestra, and most importantly, how to listen. Visit maestroclassics.com for free shipping on all CDs and MP3s. They start at just $9.98. And as a Homeschool Snapshots listener, you can save 17% off your order today with the coupon code PAM. Learn more at maestroclassics.com. That's maestro spelled M-A-E-S-T-R-O classics.com, where the best classical music curriculum awaits your homeschool. Good is a mom of five incredibly adorable kids who keep her hopping all day long. She's given up on eating a hot meal, showering without kids banging on the door, and has yet to finish a sentence without interruption. A reluctant homeschool convert, she now homeschools year-round and somehow manages to keep up with the laundry, dishes, and everything else. A passionate advocate for foster care, she and her husband have been foster parents for the past seven years and adopted their son Samuel from the foster care system. They are currently waiting to finalize the adoption of the sibling set that they have been caring for. When she's not locked in the bathroom eating chocolate, you can find her blogging about homeschool, Disney World, and foster care at ourgoodfamily.org. She co-hosts the Snarky Homeschool Moms podcast with her friend Marcy, where they share homeschooling and parenting stories because, after all, friends are cheaper than therapy. Ori, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Colleen. I'm so excited. So for listeners out there, this is going to be such a treat. And it's a treat for me because Ori and I are friends and I love talking to her. And I know you're going to love her as much as I do. So Ori, can you tell us a little bit about your family before we get started? Sure, sure. I have been married to my husband, Ken, for 14 years. We have five children. We have Sophie, who is nine. Bella will be eight in three weeks. Samuel is four. And we have a little man who is two. He's uh, one of our foster children. And we have Sweet Pea just turned one. And she is the sibling of little man. And that is our busy, crazy family right now. Busy, crazy. Yeah. And I mentioned in your bio that you're currently, well, you, you fostered Samuel and you adopted him. How long ago was that adoption finalized? We finalized Sam's adoption a year ago, September 5th. So it's only been a year. Oh, but... Oh, it's just, it's so exciting. It has been a year, not just only. That's an exciting thing to celebrate. Um, And then um, your littlest two, Little Man and Sweet Pea, tell us a little bit about that. You said that you're waiting to finalize that. Yes. We've had both of them since birth. Little Man was born drug exposed and he needed a lot of help. So since we specialize in medically fragile children, the state called us and asked us if we would take him, which we said yes. And after a lot of sleepless nights and a lot of chocolate and a lot of sweet tea, um, after about a year, he was making amazing strides. So when they called and said the birth mom was pregnant and they wanted to place his sibling with us, we thought, sure, how hard could it be going from four kids to five? So we said yes. And right after the little girl was placed with us, a judge terminated their parents' rights and we were asked to adopt them. So our adoption date is a national adoption during National Adoption Week. So on November 17th at 1.30 in the afternoon, these two precious kids will be ours. Oh, we're that, very excited. Yes, that's so exciting. And I'm so excited for you because I've had the privilege of watching them kind of grow up with you and 
Um, I know you don't get to share pictures online and you can only share them with close family and friends. So I get to be one of those privileged few who gets to see them. And they are so beautiful and precious. And I cannot wait. I think so. Thank you. Yes. Okay. So tell us, because it's kind of crazy, your household. And you said that you're (laughs) a reluctant homeschooler, but now you're a convert. So how did you get started homeschooling in the first place? What made you decide to homeschool? Honestly, we went to put Sophie into preschool when she was three. And she tested out of the three-year-old preschool program, but they didn't want to put her in the four-year-old preschool program because she wasn't four. So then we went to our local school system. And when she was four, we had her tested and she was testing out of, pre- out of kindergarten into the first grade. But because of her age, the school system wanted to keep her at the preschool level and put her into kindergarten. And we thought, well, we don't really want to do that because we felt, why hold her back if she doesn't need to be held back? So we just kind of kept going with homeschooling and we kept taking it like year by year. And then five years ago, we heard about a program called Classical Conversations that I tried the first year and did not like. I will tell anyone about that. But my husband drank the Kool-Aid the second year. So we went back and now we're five years in. And I have to honestly say, I really do like it. So yes, I did not plan to homeschool, but we're here and we do it year round. So it's good. And I love that your husband's so involved in the CC program. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. For those who aren't familiar, Classical Conversations is a 24-week program. And children are broken down into groups by ages or grade levels. And they have a tutor, not a teacher, a tutor who tutors them for those 24 weeks. And my husband actually is a tutor for one of the master's classes on our campus. And he's done it for the last, this is his third year, and he really likes it. So it is nice because when we go to campus day, it's like our family day because we all go as a family and we're all learning the same material. And it's really, really nice. So, and this year he's planning field trips. So who knows what he's going to do next year? But yes, he is definitely an involved parent. Yeah, I love that he is so involved. I'm a little envious, truth be told, because it's just not the norm that you can have your husband so involved and so, so much an integral part. Ours, my husband is gone all day. And so he kind of comes home at the end of the day and is like, did you guys do anything today? Um, so it's, <laughs> so it's nice that we you get that just, some days too, believe me. We yeah. get that some days. And some days you're like, did I do anything today? That's normal too. Yeah. So tell us, this is one of the questions that we've asked a lot of people, and I'm interested to hear your answer. A typical day with your family is most like which literary classic? <laughs> okay, so this question actually kept me up because I'm thinking, I don't do literary classics. I'm like, I couldn't think of one. I couldn't think of one. So mine is not really a literary classic. It's more a Newbery award winner. And it is Ella Enchanted. It just really kind of sums up our whole family, our whole day, pretty much perfectly. So explain that a little bit more. I love that book. I love that book. And I love the movie. I just think it was so well done. So how is Ella Enchanted like your homeschool days? Well, for anyone who hasn't read the book or seen the movie, which by the way, you need to see the movie because they have classic Queen in the movie, which is awesome. So like, <laughs> I love Queen. singing need somebody to love. It's awesome. So basically, you know, you've got a commoner and a prince and you've got trolls and you've got giants and you've got fairies and you've got, you know, all these different kind of races that are just kind of trying to mingle around and bumble around and make it the best they can. And in the course, the movie is all wrapped up in this great musical score. And that's kind of our life. You know, I mean, life with five kids, nine and under can be really insane. But it's fun and it's crazy and you have to laugh at it. And it just kind of, you know, it just reminds me that 
this time is going to go really fast. And so right now I just kind of need to just roll with it and just kind of keep on moving. And we just, you know, we just find somebody to love along the way. <laughs> and it works out really good. I love Queen and I like that reference so much. <laughs> and it reminds me, I love I, that it's great. Yeah, it's great. That show's great. It reminds me, I was interviewing a couple weeks ago, Mary Jo Dean, the founder of the Great Homeschool Conventions. And one of the things she said was similar to one of the things that you just said, that the years go by so quickly, like the days feel really long. But when you look back, it's like really a blink and they're already in the upper levels of CC or whatever. Five years have gone by and where did they go? They go by so quickly. But then sometimes in the day to day, you are so entrenched in chaos. You're like, is this ever going to end? (laughs) I know. I know. Oh, today was one of those days. But yes, it's quiet. You know, everyone's in bed. I'm like, okay, we survived. Let's just move on. It's awesome. We need badges. Bedtime's great. And we need badges like survived another day. (laughs) No, right? Seriously, it would be awesome. It would be so awesome. Maybe we should start a homeschool merit badge like system where, you know, we can... Dude, I love that. (laughs) Like seriously, instead of service awards or service hours, it's like how many hours you want without screaming at your kids or... How many, you know, how many loads of laundry you did in a day? It would be so awesome. We could start like a whole movement. That would be great. And, you know, how many times you avoided running to the bathroom and locking the door with your coffee and chocolate? <laughs> oh, I might lose that one. Oh, would I lose that one? <laughs> you can tell what my vices are, right? Chocolate and coffee uh-huh. all the time. Okay. So it's 2 a.m. and you're lying in bed awake. What's keeping you up worrying? What are the things most that, that you worry about most? You're going to laugh, but every morning at 2 a.m., Sam comes in to snuggle <laughs> with me. I kid you not. The child just does not need sleep. So I can set my watch. He will be in at 2 and he comes in at 4. He climbs <laughs> into bed and just like, is like, I need to snuggle mama. And I'm like, seriously? But it's just like, I know it's going to be a phase until I grow up. But at the same time, I'm so sticking tired. I'm just like, you can't just stay in your bed. So yes, at 2 a.m. I'm snuggling with my son. Then I go put him into bed. And then pretty much I'm like, oh, did I remember to move the laundry from the washer to the dryer? And then I'm like, oh, man, I was supposed to do that VA project. Did I really check that Twitter account? And then that goes to, you know, did I RSVP for the field trip that I was supposed to be running? Yeah, it just keeps going by the rabbit trail. So basically, I fall back to sleep about 3.45 and then he wakes me up at 4. <laughs> And my husband wonders why I guzzle tea. Like, mm-hmm. I just drink tea all day long. Yeah. And it's like... So that is my 2 a.m. Right. There's no end to in sight. You know, like you said, that it's a phase and they'll get through it and you want to be there and nurture them. Because I have a four-year-old who does the same thing. He is in my bed every single night, at least twice. And, and it doesn't matter how many times I tell him not to or whatever. I can put him back in his bed eventually. But yeah, the constant disruption of sleep is so tiring. It's exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting. But, you know, I keep, again, it's just, I know it's a phase. I know it's a season. I know as soon as I get the, the four-year-old to sleep, the two-year-old's not going to sleep. <laughs> and by the time the two-year-old sleep, then Bella is, you know, my eight-year-old will be in doing something. So I'm like, I just give up. I don't <laughs> think I'm just going to sleep until they're all out of the house. Hey, you have to go so, away yeah. every once in a while just to get a little bit of sleep. <laughs> All right. So what is the most important skill you want your kids to learn from you before they grow up? Mm, To laugh. I think as a society, we take ourselves very seriously. And I think sometimes we've just forgotten that we need to look at the big picture and not focus so much on the little stuff. 
and just look at the big picture and understand, okay, is this really important? Is this in the long run, is this really going to make a huge difference? And just be able to kind of take a step back and not react immediately. Because again, with five kids, I need to ask myself that on a daily basis. Is it really a big deal that she doesn't want to take her spelling test or should we just kind of move on? Is it really a big deal he spilled the milk? No, we just get him up and clean it up. Just, you know, kind of take a step back. That's so healthy for them. And it's so hard. Like you said, our society is like perfection driven and there's so much out there showing how great everybody's doing that it's easy to lose yourself and then model that for your kids. I think that's so beautiful and something that it's one of those simple things that we often forget. And it's really the core of what's most important. Enjoy, live, love, laugh. You know what I mean? It is. It really is. I think one of the things that you know this, you know, Ken and I got married a little bit later than, you know, most of our friends. We had kids later than pretty much all of my friends. So yeah, I think because we were older and because we had done more, we really just, I think we have like a different approach to parenting. We're very strict, but we definitely have like more of a big picture idea than just focusing on the little nitty gritty every single day. Yeah, that's, it's so important. But those things happen too. And, and we need to remember that. Like, I always like to remind people that homeschooling is not all sunshine and roses. So what do you guys do over there in the good household when a day is going sideways and it's just they're they're melting down over everything. There's milk spilled everywhere. Like every single thing that you can imagine is going wrong and there's just no salvaging it. What do you guys do to turn that around? We leave the house. I kid you not. We have passed to the zoo or to the aquarium. So if it's early in the morning, I'll take him to the zoo or the aquarium. If it's later, we go to the park. Sometimes I've even gone for ice cream and not to reward them, but because I seriously need it. But I've learned at this point, especially with our little guy who has some behavioral and some sensory issues, sometimes for him, he just needs a different change of pace. So I've learned to kind of recognize the signs. And yeah, if it's the day is derailing, for us, it's just simple. Just we jump in the car and we just go someplace else and just kind of try and reset. And if that fails, at least I got ice cream with sprinkles. So, you know, that makes the day a little more worthwhile. Yes, ice cream makes everything better. <laughs> and especially it when really, mom really, gets really it. Does. It does. I know, right? Seriously, <laughs> I love ice cream. So I think I know the answer to this one, but I'm going to ask it anyway, yeah. because I'm okay. curious as to how you would answer it. Are you a planner or do you kind of fly by the seat of your pants? <laughs> I would snort, but I don't think that would be appropriate. Um, <laughs> I am a color coding planner that has five planners going that is all color coded to match my Google calendar because I can't (laughs) fly by the seat of my pants. I have to have everything planned out. It's not good if I don't plan. Yeah, you're being pulled in a lot of directions. We're going to talk about that in a minute, but I can imagine that you would need to have everything delineated so you don't overbook something or miss something important. But yeah, I do. I really do. And I, I still miss things, believe me. Actually, forgot our little guy had an appointment on Saturday morning and they showed up and I'm like, oh, hi, how you doing? So yeah, I still miss stuff. But usually with the color coding and the Google calendar and five different ones, we're usually pretty good. <laughs> what would your kids say is the best and the worst parts of being homeschooled? My kids like that we take a lot of field trips and Bella would tell you that she doesn't like that I make her read. <laughs> so she would tell you that she doesn't like that I make her spell. And I don't know what Sam would say, but he's in preschool. So he pretty much likes everything because I just let him make a mess. Yeah, that's a fun time. Isaac's the same way. He loves, loves it now. Can I do school? Can I do school? And there's like just havoc in his path. 
I know. <laughs> I know. It's just like never ends. I'm like, all right, sure. Have at it. Ken's like, what did you do with him today? I'm like, I really don't even know. <laughs> I just I kept got him quiet. <laughs> I know. Like something got moved because he kept quiet for 20 minutes. So I have no clue, but he was happy. So, yeah, no idea. How about you? What would you say is the best and the worst parts of homeschooling? I think the worst part about homeschooling is, at least for me, the amount of pressure that I put on myself. I think people just assume that because we homeschool, it's because we hate traditional school, which is not true. I was traditionally schooled. Both my husband and I went to public school. It was our intent to send our kids. So I don't have anything against public school. It's just not the choice for us. But because of that, you know, my education is my kids' education is solely on my shoulders, which means that, you know, I'm constantly second guessing and belittling myself to make sure that I'm giving them the absolute best education that I can. So that's the worst part I think about it is just the pressure. But the best part is I get to see my kids all day long. I love it. I mean, I love spending time with them as much as sometimes I just want to go to the bathroom by myself without (laughs) having little hands sticking under the door. I mean, let's be honest. But I love it. Like I love that Sophie wrote a paper today and we wrote it together. And I love that, you know, Bella is finally getting better with reading and phonics and her face is like shining when she does her math. You know, I love that. But that's that for me is just the best thing. I get to see them and I get to learn with them. So it's awesome. That That sounded like a sappy Hallmark card, didn't it? It it was perfect. No, it did. It did. It it was a sappy (laughs) Hallmark card. But you know what? I think that too often right now we forget parents in general, not just, you know, not homeschooling parents, but homeschooling parents also, we forget that we only have them for a short amount of time. And when they're, I was just at a gymnastics class for one of my kids today, and I was talking with another mom about that. Like, we wouldn't see our kids all that much because they're gone all day and then there'd be activities at night. And it's such a huge blessing that we get to be the one that they run to when they're hurt or they're excited or they're happy or they're sad. And, you know, we have such a bigger role in their lives than peers and outside teachers and other people. And they still have a healthy relationship with those people. But it's all filled through us because we're the center of their worlds for as long as we can possibly be that center. Yeah. If you think about it, you have basically most kids, you have 18 years. That's it. 18 years, and then your kid is going to be out the door for college. It's kind of crazy to think about it. Sophie is nine. She's going to be 10. So I half of her quote unquote, you know, home life with me is over. That to me is very sobering. And that is when I'm like, nope, we're doing this. I mean, I have people, you know, address the whole socialization, which I've got lots of answers for that one. But <laughs> someone said to me the other day, well, don't you want your kids to just be kids? And I looked at her, I'm like, no, I'm raising my children to be adults. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't need my kids to be kids. Like, my kids are going to be responsible, well-educated, well-rounded adults. Right. That's why we homeschool. Yeah. And they are like actually getting more of a childhood than if they were at school all day. They're not dealing with the social pressures of being who somebody else wants them to be. They're developing their own personalities and diving into their toys and their interests more than they would have the opportunity to otherwise. I know we think about that. You say that you know, Sophie's halfway gone from you. And my oldest is going to be 15 in November. Right. And it's crazy crazy. to think about that, you know, I've got less than four years with him. And this is it. This is the start of high school, but he's still playing with his Lego. He's still pulling out transformers and playing with um, his little brother. And today at co-op, 
He grabbed one of the little kids from a mom who is, you know, always has her baby in her hand. And he went to Trevor and Trevor rocked him to sleep and then sat down to eat his lunch and just sat down with the baby and readjusted the baby. So he was still sleeping in his lap while he ate lunch. And he's doing that because he's homeschooled and he's constantly around all those little kids and he's got no problem being himself. A kid who likes Legos and likes Transformers and likes little babies, but is still wanting to sit and talk to the teens and eat lunch with them. It's such a huge thing the homeschooling gives to our kids. Socialization, Uh, smocialization. I mean, you can't get any better than that. Oh, yeah. No, I completely agree. Wow, do I completely agree. Yeah. So there's the dilemma I know when you foster. Now, you're fostering typically younger children, but I know that you've got to get this question often. How do you homeschool and and care for foster kids, both from the two different perspectives. You've got these kids going in different directions because you've got different visits and things like that, you know, and maybe therapy appointments and doctor's appointments that you don't have control over. You can't decide, you know, what they do and don't get. But also when they're school aged, you can't really pull them into your entire family structure, can you? Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yep. I think the most important question that we get is definitely, can you homeschool while you foster? And there's two answers. The answer is yes. You are allowed to homeschool your adopted children and your biological children. Absolutely. The state can't stop you. You may not. I don't know of any state that will allow a homeschool family to homeschool a foster child. It just kind of is the way it is. It's the way the laws are written. The state requires that they are in public school or a private school. So the answer is for us, we homeschool because we have a lot of appointments to work around and I really can't imagine like trying to get my kids to public school and then my son to preschool and then also be like dealing with therapy and everything else for the two little ones. It's crazy. So homeschooling for us is really a blessing because we can be home or we can homeschool in the car while we're on our way to all the appointments. So that's the first one. The second, I guess, part of that is if you have a foster child in your home um, or you're fostering a child who's in the public school system, there are ways that you can quote unquote homeschool. You just need to look at it a little bit differently. You can do, if you do Bible with your homeschool children, just wait until, you know, your foster child is off the bus or do it before school and you can do Bible time together. You can dive into history by watching, you know, something on Netflix or, you know, a documentary, figure out what their passion is. If their passion is math, then there are a ton of different, you know, math games and math applications that you can do with them outside of school hours. You know, and who says school has to be done on Friday? You can do school on Saturdays or on Sundays. You can take field trips. There's all different ways that you can work homeschooling into a foster child's life. I think the difference is a lot of people that have grown up like I did in public school, we still have that mentality that school is Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. And you can't do school outside of that. And it's just switching your perception, you know, just a little bit to show that you can include your homeschooled family with your foster child. The other thing I want to point out is a lot of foster children are well below grade level because they switch schools so many times because foster children are often, you know, they're pulled out of school, they're pulled out of families, and they're just kind of shuffled off. And if they're out of their old school system, it takes time for records to catch up and they're thrown into another class or another area and their records don't catch up or they fall behind. And so having a family that can advocate for their foster child and see where they are educationally and work with them to get caught up is just such an amazing, amazing blessing, both for the foster child who is actually having someone take an interest in their education, 
and getting them up to speed and also for the homeschool family because they're, you know, really helping that child reach their full educational potential. Now, again, they're not doing it the way a traditional homeschool would do, but let's be honest, what is traditional homeschool, right? That's why we homeschool because it's not traditional. Exactly. And there's different ways to pull it in and different ways that it looks for every family. That's such a great answer because we do get caught up in that Monday through Friday feeling. I think that like earlier on, right, when you homeschool, you're caught up in that because you're still kind of trying to replicate school at home sometimes. And then afterwards you get freer and math happens at night and then history happens on Saturday morning. And that's such a great, great perspective. And then the support that you're giving those kids when if you are fostering to adopt that they already are kind of in the cadence of your homeschool when you can finally then bring them home. Yeah, it just kind of works both ways. So if you are, you know, fostering, just straight foster, you're fostering, you know, kids that just kind of need a gap in the system, you know, you're helping them educationally. And that is something that if they go to the next foster home, they might not get, but at least you've given them a leg up and, you know, you've caught them up or gotten them, you know, to reach their potential that they're at right now. And then, like you said, if, you know, the case does get moved to adoption and you're able to bring them home with you, then yeah, you've already got the cadence of them and you already kind of know where they're at educationally. And it kind of gives you a good handle on where they are and what you can do with them. That's great. Good, good information. Let me ask you, what is, because I'm sure you get tons and tons of questions about fostering because it's not something a lot of people are necessarily, I know there's groups out there, but it's not something that is super easy to find personal experiences and things like that. And I know that you have a a great community on Instagram and we're going to link to some of that. You have posts on your site that we can link to too, right? Yeah, I actually have a complete resource page that's on my site that links to the top, the most things that we get asked about are how to get started in foster care, what is reunification, how do we do reunification, um, adoption from foster care, and then just resources. So I have a page on my site and I can give that to you that just basically will shoot people off in whatever direction they're looking for to give them some information. That's great. And I, I would imagine that keeping all of that stuff organized can be kind of cumbersome because you have caseworkers and you have birth parents and you have sometimes, especially with you, fostering medically fragile children or infants, you've got therapies and extra doctor's appointments. Do you have some good insight or tips as to how to keep kind of that stuff organized within all the other crazy stuff that you're organizing for a big family as it is? I know, right? I love organization. So it like makes me happy. Yeah. After uh, seven years, I actually finally put together a foster care binder. And after having multiple caseworkers love it, it actually is a printable that's up on my site and is used throughout the state of New Jersey through as a resource for state foster care workers here. Um, and I've actually talked to other foster parents about how to put it together. But the basic answer is it's a binder. In there, you have every little bit of your foster child's life because you need to record every little thing caseworker appointments, visitation with birth parents, visitation with siblings, visitation with whoever else is on the thing. You've got CASA workers and law guardians and medical appointments and vaccination reports and school records. And the idea really is to create a binder because oftentimes when a child, now again, we've had primarily infants. We have had a couple older kids. When they're dropped at you, you don't have any information. They don't have any information. So my goal is to create a binder that specifically with kids that were getting reunified with their birth parents or birth families, 
could go with them and they would actually have an entire history of everything that the child did while they were in our care. And that's just been wonderful. And it's great because the binders are color coded, of course, and they sit on, (laughs) you know, our shelves. I know, shocker, right? Right. Um, And I just reach for it. Anytime we have a visit, anytime we have an appointment, anything, that binder comes down and it is all the information that I have about that child and it goes with me. And it's just a great way to do that. So I finally, like I said, made it into a printable and put it on the site. And I've had a lot of foster parents download it and just tell me it makes their life so much more organized because again, that's not something you're taught in foster classes. They don't tell you the plethora of paperwork that you are going to inherit (laughs) when a foster child enters your home. They really don't. So yes, it's quite lovely. That's amazing that you have that offered there. You have so many great resources, but I want to know what is the single most important thing you think that somebody who is thinking about becoming a foster parent should know? What would you tell them if they asked you, you know, thinking about this, what do I need to know? I think first you need to make sure you and your spouse are on the same page because if you're not, it's not going to work. The second thing is you need to know what you're hoping to get out of it. If you want to just foster to foster, which is awesome, that's great. If you want to adopt from the foster care system, you need to go in telling your agency that you want to adopt from the foster system. If you kind of like where I was and we weren't sure, we went in with an open mind and just kind of took each case, case by case. It's a lot of information. It's a lot of red tape, but the benefits are completely worth it. I mean, I really look back over the past seven years and we've cared for 10 children and we really wouldn't change any of it. It really, we really wouldn't. It's, it's amazing. So give us a piece of encouragement because it's not always you have to look back sometimes in retrospect to see that it was worth it. I know that there are times when you're like, why did I get myself involved in this? But so for oh, I did that yesterday. Uh, why? Right. I was like, do we really want to go through with the adoption? I'm like, yes. I know. But, and yeah. and I've I've talked to you about this, you know, throughout the years, but there's another mom out there, possibly listening, who is feeling that way, like, I shouldn't be doing this. This is not for me. What kind of encouragement can you give them? Just even just a quick word to pick them up and let them know that they can get through it. And there are so many benefits to it. I think it's just this, you know, I just remind myself when I'm feeling down or when I'm just completely overwhelmed, when that call came in, we said, yes, we didn't say yes for the next 40 years. We said, yes, we would take that child in. And every morning when we get up, we say yes again. So I would just, you know, when it's hard and it is hard, I mean, these poor children just come with so much baggage. It's just important to just take each day as it comes and just remember that you're just saying yes that day. Don't worry about the next day. Don't worry about what's coming. Don't worry about visits or doctor's appointments or CASA workers or anything else. Just concentrate on, you know, that moment and just just say yes. And that just really seems to just kind of like take the anxiety and just realize, just live in the moment and just enjoy them because a lot of kids, they don't get enjoyed. So just you know, that kind of goes back to our parenting style, you know, just take a step back, you know, look at the big picture and just enjoy. Yes. And laugh and help them laugh because I bet some of those kids don't get a lot of laughter before they come to you. No, they don't. They don't, which is sad. It's really, really, really sad. It is. And this is, we're not going to end on a sad note here, but because it, there's so much encouragement that you've given. And like you said, one day at a time, one yes at a time, one laugh at a time, one moment at a time, just like homeschooling, right? We take it a day at a time. There are always options to help you. 
out and help you be encouraged. And there are other people going through it that you can connect with. So we're going to shift gears a little bit from that. And we're going to do kind of a fun part of the show, the end where we get to do a fast five. But we're going to come back and we're going to make sure we link to those resources. So other moms out there who are thinking about this and other parents who are in the foster care system right now can go to your site and have encouragement. But I want to ask you, okay, you just tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. You just received an Amazon gift card. What are you going to spend it on? It's got to be for you. (laughs) It's got to be for me. Well, it doesn't have to Um, be, but come on, we're going to have some fun, right? You're going to get yourself something. (laughs) I'm going to get myself something. Um, I would actually probably buy the case of Bigelow Raspberry Royal Tea. I know you're going to laugh, but it's the only tea I drink and Amazon sells it by the case. It's awesome. An it's entire like case? It arrives at my door. <laughs> I, like, I know. I told you. I don't sleep, Kali. It's my tea. Oh, my. Yes. Bye, case. Goodness. We're hooked on um, Trader Joe's <laughs> chocolate mint tea right now. Okay. We don't have Trader Joe's near us. <sighs> I, miss. I, I would like to go to one. I've heard they're fantastic, but yes. no, we don't have one. Hmm. It sounds good. I'm going to see you in a month. Maybe I should pick you up some Trader Joe's tea and let you try some new flavors. I know, right? Let me try it. Hmm, I'm driving. I could do that. Okay. Favorite family game night game? Oh, goodness. I don't do games. Isn't that awful? My right? husband is awesome. He, and I don't, I don't do games. Neither does Sophie. Sophie and I like go and read and Bella and Sam and Ken play games. So I can tell you what their family game is. Okay. Right let's... now they are loving, what is it? Backgammon. Okay. Like Bella actually beats Ken. Okay. It's really awesome. A good so, old fashioned game. A, I know it is. It's a great one. And it's good logic building for her. So yeah, she loves it. Oh, I'm going to have to convert you or work on you with games. Come on. <laughs> no, sorry, girl. But you're a reader. Nope, so nope, nope. <laughs> no. So what are, what are you reading right now? Sophie and I are reading Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. We are to the end, right, almost to the end of it. So we're very excited to see what happens. I don't know what I'm reading. I just took all my library books back. So I really have nothing to read right now. Isn't that awful? Yes. You've got to get to the I library. Know, but we're going on a trip. Oh, well, that's... no, we're going on the trip. So I didn't want to like take them. You know what I mean? I was like, I didn't want to have them do while I was gone or lose one, heaven forbid, is we're driving from hotel to hotel. So I took them all back. Do you read anything like in Harry ebooks? Potter. Do you read any? I do. Okay. I have the Kindle app on my phone. And I have this awesome Kindle that I, my Kindle that I love. So, but I just, I'm so cheap. I download the free ones. Like I look for like ones that are awesome and look free and I download those. <laughs> so you know what I did recently because we don't always, we're so pulled in so many different directions this fall. And Molly, my 10-year-old, is a voracious reader. She reads, I mean, she I think she eats books for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. She goes through books so quickly, it's crazy. And we were racking up library fines because when we'd get them, we wouldn't be able to get back to it for you know too long. And so I subscribed to Kindle Unlimited because it's only 10 bucks a month. And there are so many titles on it. And she like she makes that $10 go extremely far. She reads so many books. I wouldn't be able to purchase that many books for $10. And I'd probably be out a lot more than that in library finds over the course of the year. And it's been great because we've been able to find so many fun books and I can read them too. So that's how I sneak in reading now is with my Kindle app on my phone and then on my iPad when I travel because I can't take books you know, when I travel. So they've got, I've got a whole library with me. Nice. But look yeah, in, that's, I should probably look into that. Yeah, look really into should. that. It was definitely one of those things that I was like, oh, why didn't I do this sooner? All right. I know the answer to this one, but I'm going to ask it anyway. I've got to have blank to get me through the day. <laughs> tea, sweet tea, hot tea. Doesn't matter. It's tea. I need tea. You need tea. Tea, tea, tea. Any specific tea. kind of candy I you love too? Do you sneak candy? 
I sneak candy. I do. I love Twix bars and Three Musketeers. Mm. They're just my favorite. Yeah. But unfortunately, everyone else likes them too. So I have <laughs> to either hide them or I just don't bring them in the house because, yeah, they just are gone. Yeah. I'm like that with peanut M&Ms and I do hide them now. I get the big like five pound bag and I hide them and they last me a while, right? but they don't last long if everybody knows I have them. I know. I know. And I have to get creative because now my kids are like on to me. Like I used to have like this great hiding spot and now they know where it is. So I'm like, darn it. So yeah, I, I'm on a hunt for a, a good hiding spot for my candy. Mm, we'll have to I've brainstorm. It, we'll brainstorm because I, I need a couple new I ones know, right? too. <laughs> All right. This has been so much fun. I'm so glad that you got on with me tonight. Can you do me one last favor and tell listeners where they can find you online? Because I want them to go look you up. Sure. Because I have an unusual name. You can search Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, Instagram, um, just by looking at my name. It's Ori, A-U-R-I-E-G-O-O-D. And I'll pop up. And I love talking about homeschool and foster care and Disney World's my happy place. So I am happy to chat about everything. That is great. So we're going to link to that. And I am so appreciative. I hope you have a good night. Thank you so much for being here. And I will talk to you soon. I loved it. Well, there you have it. I loved that conversation. Ori is such an amazing person and has such a great heart for children, especially those in the foster care system. If you want to know more about the resources that Ori and I talked about or want to find out a little bit more about her foster care journey, her fostering to adopt, or anything else like that, you can check out links to all of those resources and more at pambarnhill.com forward slash HSP55. For information about me, you can check out my website at raisinglifelonglearners.com And I hope you'll come back in a couple weeks when we will have another great interview. I'm going to talk to a friend of mine, and I can't wait to share her with you. So come on back. Enjoy your couple weeks. Most of all, love on those kids of yours. Have a blast and keep on homeschooling. Homeschooling.